Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff with Gyro Nation Metal. Calgary's Witch has returned with a new lineup and new music. Today, I've invited my friend Jorge Marist to join us again on the podcast to help kick off year three with some more local talent. Witch has released three singles since Jorge's last appearance on the podcast, the most recent of which, titled 666 God, in collaboration with Satanic Tea Company. Jorge, it's been a while. Thank you again for joining me, and it's good to chat with you again, finally. Thanks, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's been... Feels like it hasn't been, but it's been long. Yeah, like we were just chatting before the recording here. Last time we had an episode was January 11th of 22, and so that was a year and a half ago now, and the last time I saw you was in April. Yeah. Yeah, and... uh we kind of took a bit of a break too. We didn't put any any material out since last time I was on here. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that. Before we get to that though, you guys played with Allegiant back in April and then also on the bill was uh, Horrify and Fall of Earth. So my brother came yep. to the show with me and he said that basically you and Allegiant were the two best of the night. So how did you get brought on with them? Um, it just kind of fell onto our lap really. Um, they announced the Allegiant show and... Uh, yeah, like months after they announced it, they just asked us if we wanted to hop on the bill, the Tyson from Concertworks. Oh, nice. So we, so we just kind of ended up on there by chance, I guess. <laughs> it's pretty cool that you were already known and like they, they thought you might be interested as well. Yeah. I mean, Legion, from from my perspective, is a pretty high caliber band, so that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, we were stoked. It was it was great. It was really our only our second gig in Calgary, so. Yeah, which is strange because you guys are here. Yeah, yeah, we haven't played much. We've been, I don't know, we've had a lot of changes and moving jam spaces and all that. So we just kind of haven't had a chance to really play, honestly. And last time we chatted, you spoke of focusing on releasing singles more than like EPs and albums. And since then, you've released Cult, uh, End of Death of Silence. Today, as we're recording, so September 5th, you released a single called 666 god in collaboration with satanic tea company we did that's pretty awesome yeah no it's sweet we're soaked it seems like it's doing well for i don't know the first 12 hours so <laughs> we'll see we'll see how it goes i remember you telling me that um when we were chatting just getting this episode organized and i completely forgot that it was today that it was oh, yeah. the same day and then so i checked it out just before the recording here and so i listened to the single and i also watched the music video you're working with three new members and you're kind of further realizing your sound, but it looks like you've got a pretty professional way of dealing with your music videos, both visualizer versions and live videos. Yeah. We're pulling really all the strings, <laughs> just trying to do everything. You and mentioned that it was a, oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say that's kind of why we're just doing a uh, single by single, kind of treating a single as a full album so we can... Mm put the time and effort into actually just fully developing the song right instead of just dropping eight eight songs with just one cover and one video just kind of go full out yeah I, f I find that if you if somebody drops an album a lot of the tracks even if they're very very much enjoyed a lot of them will fall under the radar mm -hmm. you mentioned that it was also to pay homage to drake and his and references to his song six god so first off why drake uh we, well, not every single one of us, but a few of us really like that, really like Drake. And uh, it was kind of weird. Every time we get our Spotify wrapped for the past few years, um, they give you a list of uh, who your fans listen to. And Drake has been number one every single time. So we just kind of... That seems strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every time it, like every time, because obviously you look through it every year and uh, we yeah. bring it up and kind of talk about it. And then Sane, uh, our bass player at the time, just out of the blue, just said, well, we should take Six God and make it 666 God. And it just kind of went from there. We're like, oh, you know, that's actually a pretty good idea. And then worked on the artwork and just kind of snowballed from there. I had no idea that song was done five years ago now. I also didn't realize that Spotify let the artists know what their fans were listening to, like in rank order especially mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's kind of cool because you can see basically when people go listen to you you can see what what they go to right after interesting which yeah to us it was kind of surprising that it's like always well at least for the past few years has been drake yeah especially like just the genre change in itself is crazy I mean, yeah there's 
there's all sorts of music that's a, quite a bit closer to what you guys produce versus something as like as hip hoppy as Drake is. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we kind of just wanted to do something a little bit different. You know, it's still still a deathcore song and still our song, and it's not really a cover or anything, but just mm-hmm. a cool idea. You know, you mentioned that the lyrical concept has been changed in like an evil way, essentially, and I'm not really familiar with that song or with Six God. So, can you tell me a bit about the comparison and how you changed the lyrical theme to suit your music? Yeah, it's it's actually pretty simple. Um, Basically, the original song is uh, he pretty much just says he's like the best thing in uh, Toronto, right? That's what the song is. He's just, you know, gangster in Toronto, just making the best music. And we just kind of took that and we went for instead of the six God to the six, six, six God where we're just the most evil, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I like that. Yeah, it was pretty simple concept, but I think it fits well. And it it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to write. Especially to shoot the video too, it was, we could kind of run with the whole evil thing, which is pretty easy to do for us. Do you happen to know if the significance of the number six has to do with the six four seven area code? Uh, I think yeah, it's something to do with the area codes, and I think at some point there were what did they call them? It was six areas that ended up turning into Toronto, maybe jurisdictions. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, or municipalities one of those but yeah i can't help that's, but that's kind of that where that comes the, from i can't help but feel that he's not the most gangster thing in toronto but yeah i don't live there either yeah i don't know honestly i couldn't tell you but <laughs> i'm trying to think i <clears throat> this is obviously metal but i think brand of sacrifices from toronto and i would consider them way more gangster than drake but I don't really know about their lifestyles personally before music, so. Yeah, I I don't really know either. <laughs> could be nothing, could be something. Who knows? <laughs> Last time on the podcast, we also chatted about your favorite bands. However, there was no mention of hip-hop or rap, so who are some of your favorite bands outside of the metal umbrella? Oh, man. Uh, outside of metal. That's kind of tough. I mean, obviously, Drake is up there. Listen to him quite a bit. Um Trying to think what else I've been listening to. Actually, lately I've been uh, I've been li- kind of I-, I wouldn't call it country, but I've been listening to a bit of it's more on like the heavy side of country. It's like new new stuff like Hardy and Lakeview. I don't know if you've heard of any of these bands. No, no, it's it's good. It's I don't know. Like I said, I wouldn't really call it country. It's more like heavy rock. But I kind of been listening to that to kind of take a break from metal, and uh, a lot of Run to Jewels in there. Oh, Run to Jewels uh, is great. Yeah, I don't. I, I have my moments where I just like for a week I'll just be like, okay, no more, no more screaming. I need something else. Got to change it up a little Me bit. Too. Definitely, you need you need the change in in not only genre but intensity. I find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's good to change it up and kind of get influences from elsewhere. I've had quite a few metal band members that have turned me on, not turned me on necessarily to country, but have pushed me in that direction, like have recommended artists or different types of music. One genre is called murder folk, and I'm not really sure any of the bands that actually belong to that, but there's one country artist that I really do enjoy, and his name is Paul Cawthon. He sings like, um, what is it, Holy Ghost Fire, Cocaine Country Dancing, and I don't know, it sounds, it's not as twangy as the country that I've been exposed to, so it's... Yeah, I would say not as twangy, but it, it seems kind of also not as poppy. So that's maybe why I can get into it. Hmm. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I feel like I listen to a lot of stuff. I can't even think of everything. There's, I don't know, there's a lot of Post Malone, even though I didn't really like his new album, Tragically Hip, in there. Mm-hmm. There's this band, the, the Hold Steady. I don't know if you've ever heard of him either. Nope, but I'll definitely yeah, listen. Like indie rock type stuff. So there's been a fair amount of time between Six God and your last singles, and you mentioned that you've gone through a lineup change in the past little while, so that you said you found a new drummer, a new bassist, and guitar player. Does that mean Colin is still your vocalist? Yes, he is. Okay. Did you end up seeking any of your other new members out specifically? Um, sort of. Um, our bass player, Jake, he kind of mentioned to me that, like, in the past, when we uh, when we first released, I think... It might have been Bones or Alona mm-hmm. Drift. He, I remember him mentioning, like, hey, I really like the stuff. You guys are doing really good. I like the sound and everything. 
So when uh, when Sane left, we just kind of reached out to him, and uh, he joined as a bass player. And then actually, Sane ended up coming back and playing guitar for a while. So we were kind of doing that. Um, we didn't really seek out anybody specifically, um, but uh, everybody just kind of ended up, you know, showing up. I guess like uh, Calvin, we just kind of found out about him online. He had uh, a few videos of himself playing, mm-hmm. and uh, we just happened to message him at the right time. He was he had just moved to Calgary or. Airdrie, I think he had just moved to, and he was looking for a band in the city. So it was like the perfect timing. And uh, then when Sane left again, we I just basically talked my brother into playing guitar because he's pretty good and he's never really been in a band. So I was like, dude, you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, jump right in, right? And especially if you have somebody that's close to you. You yeah, can kind of learn the music a little bit better, and you can kind of teach them the ways of which. Yeah, I mean, we never we never really had two guitar players for the first while, so it was like uh, I've been kind of pushing it on him since the beginning, and he just like never really went for it. I think he was he was too busy with work and stuff like that, but he finally gave in and learned everything, and now he's stoked. I'm just looking up the on the metal archives here with the members. Cause it looks like they've updated everything except for your brother. Um, I haven't even I didn't that. realize that Jake was, uh, Jake is a member of WMD and he just joined traveler this year. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's where I kind of know him from and where we kind of became friends. And it's good that you were able to stay local with the musicians too, instead of having to deal with a situation like Traveler where you're dealing with people from either different cities or different countries. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. So we can, you know, get together once a week and jam and hang out, go to the bar and stuff. Was your first show, first time playing with new members in April or has the lineup changed since that time? Um, uh, April, that would have been a Legion. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was all of us and it, it hasn't changed since that was, yeah, that was the first time with everyone. Cause my brother, didn't play our first show. He was in the band at the time, but he didn't know everything. He had just joined. So our first show there at Neverland, he wasn't there for that. But yeah, yeah, I guess April would have been all of us. How do you feel the new members will contribute to the change in the sound of which? And what do you hope that a second guitar player will add? Um, I think it's going to be a bit different because I've never actually written anything with my brother before. So... There's probably going to be a bit of a different sound, I'd imagine. And I think with the two guitars live, we could probably do a lot more. Um, just like, you know, more layers. Because I, I don't know. We don't really have any... We're not like a technical metal band or we don't really have any leads or anything like that. I don't think that's that survives. So maybe we can just have mm-hmm. more layers, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've listened to this stuff, but we have a lot of like spacey leads and... I don't know. There's just a lot of riffs that are layered. Mm-hmm. Like it's like riffs over top of riffs, which now we can actually do live, which we couldn't do before. That kind of gives it more of a deep sound, if if that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. I call it, I think most of them are, they end up sounding like space, almost like synths. Mm-hmm. Just everything being, being so layered. So it should be, it'll be pretty good once we, we start writing for that specifically because before we just kind of threw it in there and it was like, oh, this sounds cool. We can't really do it live, but we'll figure it out. Right. But now, now we can kind of write with the, you know, with the idea of like, okay, we can actually do this live. So we can now add it everywhere and just, you know, make the songs a little bigger. And then with the addition of Jake, you have somebody coming from more of a heavy metal and um, thrash background as well. So you can kind of change up the way you write, your deathcore songs in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely going to be some, I just have a feeling we're going to be a little bit faster with our new stuff. Is that something that you originally sought out or is that something that just might be a byproduct of, of the addition of Jake? I think it's both. I don't know. I always had trouble writing faster parts, I guess. I don't know. I just always find whenever I write something that's fast, it just ends up sounding, sounding like something else to me anyways. It probably doesn't, but yeah, it's, it's nice to have somebody else, you know? 
definitely. And I don't remember last time, last time we chatted about your previous band, Burning Effigy, and I'm not 100% sure at this point because I didn't listen to the episode again. I believe it was a rebrand to which? Uh, sort of. It was more of... Sort of. And then... It, yeah, it was more of like a... I, I mean, I guess you could call it a rebrand, but it was really only half the members and we kind of just wanted to do something not completely different because it's still metal. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's still death metal really, but just kind of wanted to do something something different from that. So with the addition of with so many new members, will you be changing things like your logo or imagery at all? I don't think so. Um, we did kind of switch our logo actually. I think since the last time we chatted, I probably we probably had the original logo, which we still use. We kind of have two, I guess. We have a more legible one and a not so legible one. But uh, the one I'm familiar with is the one that you'd find on the Metal Archives page that has which that is pretty legible and has the two lines straight through it. Yeah, so that's that's our original our original logo that we kind of. Uh, that we started with and then we just kind of I don't know we had another logo and we just kind of started using it and we just used both out of the two logos which oh yeah I remember that one too okay there we go I'm just looking at the YouTube page that one I also do remember which one do you personally prefer Uh, I think I like the new one better yeah but uh I don't know it's probably a bad idea to use both all the time (laughs) but uh (laughs) yeah I don't I don't know no one seems to have a preference I don't know. I like the changing logos from time to time. Like I had Christoph Spidel do um, 10 different versions for me and he did another one for a very specific event that he was doing in 2022. And I, the, what I do is I incorporate or try my best to incorporate a specific logo that, um, that reflects the sound of the guests music, if that makes sense. So I put that on my title card. It might be confusing, but I just like the differences. Yeah, that's pretty cool actually. Yeah. I did notice you have a new logo. I don't know. That that's kind of like on my, on my profile picture, that's kind of my go-to. It's the more death metal logo, just because that's normally what the style or the style that I generate or gravitate towards, rather. Right. But they ha- he brought everything from stoner metal, black metal, um, even more calligraphy style and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool to see. And he did that while we were recording the podcast. So I got him, I got to watch him drawing the logos. Oh, that's sweet. It's crazy how much creativity that logo artists can have. Like it doesn't seem like something that would require. And I don't mean this to be offensive, but it doesn't seem as intensive as it actually is. Yeah, once you actually see the process, it's uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And then starting to look at different logos and the images that are within the logos too and how, how the shapes are different. Yeah. Um, like eaten by sharks looks like a shark jaw. It's, it's <laughs> fucking cool. Even just trying like, uh, you probably noticed, but most death metal logos, the first and the last letter on either side, they are usually symmetrical. Mm-hmm. But like trying to make two different letters symmetrical is pretty hard. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Especially when they're not even close to the same shape. Yeah. Like even even my logo, it's I don't know, man. And then there's the completely illegible ones and how they how they even come up with that and drawing all the lines. It's it just seems crazy. Yeah, it seems random, but I don't know. It almost you know, it sounds crazy, but I think it's all intentional. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Now speaking of the sound. Uh, changing sound of which and deathcore in general of course there's been a huge increase in popularity in blackened and symphonic deathcore as well as deathcore with heavy electronic elements that said there also seems to be a resurgence in what is considered to be og deathcore so how do you feel that deathcore will change in the future or even metal as a whole Uh, i'm not a hundred percent sure i've noticed like uh stuff like lorna shore has been blowing up you know and they're i guess they got some quite a bit of symphonic elements and stuff but I'm not a huge fan and I feel like, I don't know, maybe that's not a great thing to say, but I just, I think they're a little too much, if that makes sense. That's personal preference. There's nothing yeah. wrong with any, well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not really, is, but. I'm not really criticizing. I'm just, that's, that's just how I feel about it. Totally. And I think that's one of the reasons that you have these, these OG deathcore bands now putting out new stuff like Job for a Cowboy. Yeah, exactly. Their, sing- their new single is amazing. I actually really like that single. It's interesting how polarizing that is because I've heard nothing in between is either great or it's shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that the Lorna Shore stuff is bad, but it's just for me, I can I can do one song and then it's just like, all right, I need I need something else. I can't do a full album with this. Do you think that the symphonic uh, elements are too much for you? No, I think it's mostly the vocals. They're just they're a lot at times. Mm, that's true. And he's he's really good. What's his name? Will 
I think Will Reynolds. Yeah, Will Reynolds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's really good, but it's just like it it almost kind of has that behemoth effect with me mm. where it's like I can listen to one song and then after that I'm like, oh, this is a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. He does have such a powerful voice. And yeah. I don't know if maybe the way it's recorded, his vocals are ramped up at all. I don't know. I'm not really familiar with that side of things, but you are right. It's, it's definitely intense. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a lot, which I think, I don't know. To me, it seems like Deathcore is kind of going that way where like... I feel like we almost don't really seem like a deathcore band when you take into consideration like old and new age deathcore bands are like just, I don't know, there's even like some techno elements in there and like it's just a lot at times. And then you have bands like Brand of Sacrifice or Within Destruction that'll incorporate like heavy electronic elements and that throws me right off. I mean, there's some that's really well done, but other times I just can't get over it because I kind of moved away from an EDM phase years ago. Yeah, I don't know. I I haven't listened to Brandon Sacrifice a whole lot, but I really do like what I've heard. They're they're different for sure. I also like that they're Canadian. That that fucking rocks when you have somebody who's making that <laughs> yeah. big of waves in the scene. It's crazy. And yeah, same with Archspire, not Deathcore, of course, but huge bands from Canada just make yeah. me happy. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I was just saying uh, about Lorna Shore, like how I can't really get into them, but uh, I've been really listening to a lot of uh, Slaughter to Prevail, which. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, but he goes, he goes full out every song, but I don't know if it's different or what, but I really do like their stuff. Are you going to go to their show in Calgary? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I haven't got tickets yet, but I'll definitely be getting some soon. I'm going to try my best. I think I work the next day, so I have to decide Oh yeah, if it's going to be worth it. But I, man, that's our first time here. Is it? I think I, it's the I first didn't time know that. Calgary. Yeah, I didn't know that. I don't know 100%. I could be talking out of my ass. But... I've never seen him before. I've never heard of him coming here, so maybe it is. I think the vocalist's name is Alex. He just looks terrifying. Yeah. Like, he just looks like a gigantic man that yeah. could wrestle a bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun show for sure. Definitely don't want to miss it. I got I to gotta work the, the next day too, but whatever. I'll make it work. Well, I mean, that might... That's just basically calling me out. Now I have to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Just be tired for half a day. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I did it a few weeks ago for my birthday, so whatever. <laughs> this, I'm not getting too political on this, but um, because they're from Russia, do you think there's going to be any backlash or any kind of problem with them coming over? I don't think so, because they've been, they've been pretty vocal about how they disagree with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they even left. Uh, they even left Russia because of it didn't they? I, th- okay. I, th- I think they live in the States now ever since since all that stuff went down. I have no idea, but I think like if, if you vehemently disagree with what your government's doing, I think that's definitely a good plan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for them, for sure. Yeah, no, there was there was some uh, some posts that they made about it, so I think, I think it'll be fine. He also made a public video basically saying that he doesn't agree with any of that stuff. I didn't that was a long time ago now, it seems. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a while ago. Yeah, no, I think it'll be okay. From what I understand of the metal crowd, it seems like most people are smart enough to distinguish people from their country of origin or or groups as a whole, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everybody's just there for the music. For the most part. I mean, if you have some guy pulling stupid shit in the band and then the band doesn't do something about it, I've seen bands attacked, but as far as the origin of the band like i even had a a russian band on arctotis and i had zero backlash but i mean the podcast is also super small so it's not not something that i thought that would be an issue right right well you never know (laughs) i'm sure it'll be good and i mean if i don't think they'd say anything to his face anyways yeah yeah no i'm sure we finished up speaking earlier about uh, your move into making music videos. So you've done all the videos for which, and you've also worked with Illyrian and Tidebringer. What pushed you to start creating your own videos? Uh, just the fact that you can't really find anybody, at least not here, to make a metal music video. And if you do, which, I mean, there are a few a few companies or a few people that will do it, um, they're pretty expensive. So we just kind of... Instead of you know paying the four thousand dollars that they were quoting us for a music video, we just kind of bought a camera and just started shooting our own stuff, and it it kind of looked like shit at first, but uh, it's good now, or at least it's passable. 
is it safe to say that you didn't really have a background in cinematography prior to getting into music videos? No, I've never used, like I had never used a camera before, uh, before this really. I still don't really know what I'm doing. I kind of, I've just <laughs> been kind of teaching myself and a lot of YouTube and a lot of uh, just kind of filming whatever, right? Like we'll just be a jam and I'll just be like, hey, uh, just play this part of the drums and I'll just film it and then come home and just kind of mess around with it till it looks good and then, you know, just kind of figure it out, like practice, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And when you're filming the vi- the music video, do you guys film like say a full take at one time, like do the song multiple times or do you guys just do little bits and pieces at a time and then merge it together later? Uh, a bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. We, most of the time, uh, we do full takes, but, uh, there is like a certain part of a song that I really want to get, you know, perfect. Then we just kind of loop that part until I have a few good takes of it. That way, you know, you make sure it's there. Do you guys have a preferred location for shooting? <laughs> we don't really have a choice. So we're just kind of <laughs> like the first, uh, actually every single video, except for the new one, 666 God, that just came out. Uh, every single one of those was shot in a garage. Okay. Yeah. Except for uh, Bones. Bones was shot in a farm. And yeah, everything else was shot in a garage. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of, we didn't really have a choice, so we just made it work, right? Just try and think of ideas to not make it look like a garage. <laughs> well, and Crucifix has definitely a, new, a unique way of shooting music videos, too. So was mm-hmm. he able to impart some knowledge on you guys? Um, Not really. He was more of a, he, he, I don't know, I call it more of like a feature where uh, we kind of had everything, like the song was written when, uh, when I asked him to, uh, to be in it so he just kind of took that and wrote his lyrics there and did the vocals on the song and then for the video we basically i had the video fully shot and edited and then he just kind of dropped by the one day and did his part and uh, we just dropped that in there but uh yeah we pretty much had everything i guess you could call it a set it was already set up and he just kind of came in and we shot his part I basically, I, made you... sorry, I, I wanted to make sure the video was good. Like I said, I'm, I'm still kind of learning. So I wanted to make sure the video was good to go before I had him come in and do his takes, right? So we just kind of did our takes and made sure it worked out. And then once that was all figured out, he just kind of dropped by and did his thing, which he killed it. He's he's really good and being, I don't, I don't even know what you'd call it, his crazy character. Evil. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. just, it was amazing. And I guess like part of that would come from respect of the other person's time too. It, it doesn't matter if they're coming in just for the track or just or for a music video, but you want to be respectful of their time. You want to make sure that everything's set up and ready to go so that, yeah, basically that's the best way to say it. Yeah, in, yeah in I my mean, opinion, at least. like the boys, they know, they know I'm not, you know, going to hit a home run every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, we've had like multiple t- like days where we shoot and then, I'm like, yeah, this will be good. Everybody spends, you know, four or five hours. And then we come back we're like, ah, oh, it doesn't look that good. We got to redo it. But uh, yeah, this time it was basically like, we got to make sure it's good. And once I know it's good, then we'll bring him in and he can do his part. That way we're not, you know, doing things two or three times. Definitely. And not only that, but I mean, members of which they're going to be more invested in the music video themselves because that's their band. Yeah, exactly. Somebody who is a guest is just going to be more invested in their appearance, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, gotta gotta be professional, I guess. What made you see Crucifix out? Um, it's funny actually. I don't know how long ago it would have been. Probably a couple of years. Um, I reached out to him because uh, this was before he had the band. It was just uh, he had his tea company, right? He still has his tea company, mm-hmm. and um, he was always doing promos on Instagram. There was one day where he posted. It wasn't even a song. It was like a riff. And he was just like screaming over it. And then he said something about like, uh, maybe I should make a band or maybe the tea company should be a band. It was something like that. And I just messaged him. I was like, dude, if you ever want to do vocals on a track, let me know. And he, uh, he was pretty stoked about it, but then, uh, we never really talked about it after that. And it wasn't until, hmm, I don't know how long, 
it was this year they had a show at the Palomino and I just talked to them there. I was like, Hey, I messaged you like two years ago. You still want to do the feature? And he just came down and did it. That's cool. I, I feel like metal artists are quite approachable in that regard. I mean, I have zero experience with other genres, but I mean, with the number of features and also with, I guess the feedback, not even the feedback, but just the percentage of guests that I've reached out to and the percentage of guests who have come on to the podcast, they're all super cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a super nice dude. It's weird because you don't really know what to expect, right? You just kind of see somebody's profile online. And if you look at his, he just seems like some crazy guy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, he's, he's a super nice guy. Super easy to work with, too. He just like showed up and tra- we were tracking the vocals and he just like, he was like, all right, let me know. What do you want me to do? It's like, man, it's, it was pretty easy to work. It was, it was good. It's nice when people are humble like that too. Like mm-hmm. just they take the direction. They're like, I know this is your song. Tell me what you need. I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. You never really know what to expect. It's like, especially for vocalists, right? <laughs> Some of them can be pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> That's in any profession though. There are definitely some special people out there. Oh yeah. Now, speaking of doing music videos for other bands as well, you've had, like I said, Illyrian and Tidebringer. Was it difficult to get other bands on board or did you find it a little bit easier because you already had a few videos under your belt? Uh, I think it's, I honestly, I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm actively trying to get bands to hop on because at the same time, I don't really want too much work yet. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm like just kind of trying to essentially practice more, but I don't know. I didn't really want to charge anybody. Um, for a video before I was sure that I can actually make something look good and professional. So it was a lot of uh, just kind of doing our own videos and, you know, testing stuff out. And it's been a couple of years, I think. I think, I don't know. I kind of just waited till people started asking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when, when people start asking like, oh, who's who did your video or how much did it cost? And it's just like, okay, I think now I can be like, oh, it was me. I, I did it and if you want one I'll do one for you kind of thing that's cool um so yeah I'm like slowly just kind of testing the waters I guess I don't want to I don't want to throw myself in there and then be like oh shit I actually don't know how to make a video <laughs> <laughs> it's got to feel good though when somebody's like hey this is awesome and then you're like yeah that was mine yeah no it's great it's almost like instant gratification really well, you say instant, but you said you've been working on it now for a couple of years. So that's, I mean, it might be instant when they, when they message you, but you've been, you've been working behind the scenes cra- like crazy. Yeah. But I mean, you do get some satisfaction from, you know, we'll be at the jam space where we've been shooting everything. And it's like, you know, I take a, take a video of whoever, and then I bring it home and I edit it and then I get to watch it. And I'm like, wow, yeah, it actually looks good. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of. I don't know. Maybe it becomes a bit of, it's almost addicting, I guess. And then, uh, you know, you're, you're sitting there at work doing whatever. And I'm just like thinking of ideas like, oh man, we can do this. Or if we set something up like this, maybe, uh, you know, it'll look good. And then, then I just kind of start throwing ideas around in my head. And then next time we have a song, then there's a video, right? It's crazy because a lot of bands now are mixing and mastering their own things and then doing their own music videos. So for each band, it can be basically a one-stop shop depending on how much work they're willing to put in. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. And overall, it's probably a lot less expensive if you're buying your own equipment because then you can continue reusing it. You don't have to outsource anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much pretty much where we're at. The only, the only thing we're really... I guess, sorry, I guess outsourcing is uh, just our mixing and mastering. And who do you normally go through for that? Um, Ty, Ty Kingston. Yeah, uh, yeah, he does Carcosas. He, well, I think he's done everything they put out. I don't know if he did their newest stuff. Um, Another great Canadian deathcore band. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, he's got a few other bands that he works with. I think I saw I Carcosa live. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I don't know if you've heard of Pale Sky. That's another band that no. he's done some work for. They're pretty good. I think they're from Vancouver. I'm not. Maybe Kelowna. I can't remember. Okay. I saw Carcosa Live last year at Loud as Hell, and they put on a fucking sick show. Oh, yeah. I missed that. I did not make it to that Loud as Hell, unfortunately. 
you got to start, man. This year was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I hear, uh, I hear good things. I just, yeah, we, I don't, I don't even think, yeah, the past two years I haven't gone. Are you planning on applying for next year? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll see you there. I don't know. I think I'm going to make it a yearly thing. I mean, this is my second year and I don't know this, this year was really cool. So I think I might take more business-minded approach and kind of network a little bit more than just seeing the music. But it does nice. get difficult with the amount of people that you end up knowing, and I'm sure it's the exact same for you being involved in the local scene here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes there's too many people that you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> You've done both music videos and visualizer-style videos. Which would you say is more difficult and or time-consuming? Um, it depends. Um, the visualizers, they're easy to do as far as, you know, editing the video because it's, it's pretty quick. But the problem is if the artwork isn't there, then you have to make the artwork and that takes a while. Mm. But if a band basically gives you a logo, they give you, you know, the title, they give you their artwork, then it's pretty easy, right? Because everything's already there. You just kind of have to put it together. But, uh. Can you tell me a bit about the process to make a visualizer video? I'm thinking of moving in that direction for the YouTube episodes because right now it's just the title card and that to me is boring as hell. Like, uh, you're talking like something simple just with like a logo and like an audio, like, yeah, like I think even... you call it audio spectrum, I believe it's called. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know really what it's called, but like with, you have, um, the 666 God single that is a visualizer. And then what's the other one I watched just today? Uh, cult. Yeah, yeah. I think I I might have even made visualizers for every song. Maybe not every single song. But yeah, I don't. It's pretty simple. I mean, if you have, like I said, you have artwork, you have a logo, mm -hmm. then uh, you just kind of arrange it. Uh, have you ever edited any any videos or ever used any software? No, basically, I just stuff? use Windows and I have the the video editor, which comes with this like the Windows program, and my the extent of my knowledge at this point is basically just adding the title card extending the length and then adding the audio in there right i i mean that's pretty close to what you have to do for a visualizer you just kind of add extra layers if that makes sense you just kind of layer things on top of each other and then you okay. can give each layer you can kind of give it its own effects you can make them react to the music or you can just make them blur in and out or just kind of shake around and then uh oh yeah for the for the little audio uh spectrum that the little bars that move around with the audio um that is just i use adobe and it's just kind of like a pre-built effect i guess and you just kind of put really? the audio you kind of link the effect to the audio and it just kind of puts it on the screen and then you just get to choose the color and the size and everything that seems really easy it's yeah once you learn once you learn how to use the programs, it kind of becomes pretty easy. I think the tricky part is learning the programs. That takes a little bit. And that's obviously a little bit different than, say, like lyric videos or animation style videos where they have like, oh, artwork or artwork that changes. Yeah. So I have done a handful of lyric videos and I don't think I'll ever do one again just because it was just hours and hours of editing. Now with the the video cult, it has kind of like a background that kind of moves and shifts back and forth. Is that something that is obviously it's done through the program, but is that relatively easy to add in there as well? Mm, yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, I just kind of set the the blur. It kind of has like a slider on it and you can just make a preset basically that goes in and out and then you can just throw it all over the song or uh, sometimes what I do is I there's a marker key on your keyboard. Mm hmm. And if you hit play, then you can hit that key as the song is playing and you kind of make markers where certain parts of the song are. And then you can kind of cue your blur to go in a little heavier in certain parts kind of thing. And then you can add a shake as well as a blur at the same time. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'll definitely have to play around with that. Yeah, I can. Maybe after I'll send you some links to. Um, there's some guys on YouTube that they just show you everything. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, I, I could obviously do that myself, but I mean, I'm definitely going to take the resource when it's available. <laughs> and yeah, no, I appreciate all of that because it it looks a lot more daunting at the beginning, but I guess the same could be said for even the podcasting. Like 
when I got involved, um, my buddy Matt, he had he started his own podcast and told me about it. And then he was telling me about the DAW and the software and all that stuff and how many moving parts there were. And the oh, first yeah. time I pulled up Ableton, it was just, it was <laughs> overwhelming because I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah. But after using it a few times, I'm like, oh, this is really simple. But I'm also yeah. not diving very deep. I only have to add, you know, maybe three different layers of um, audio and that's pretty much it. Huh, yeah, no, I uh, I use Ableton as well. And when I first started using it, I think maybe eight years ago, I remember just like once you open that interface, you just kind of looking at it like, like, what is this? <laughs> just a yeah, hundred buttons on your screen and you have no idea what any of them do. One of my worst mistakes with that, and I, it wasn't with Ableton, it was with the recording, but I have everything set up to default to the mic and through my scarlet 2i2 here but what happened that time for some stupid reason was the audio defaulted to my laptop mic so it sounded <laughs> like everything was echoed and i was like why is this so bad and i could not figure it out and oh I, yeah when i when i went back the next time to record the next episode i was like i'm an idiot <laughs> yeah yeah it happens it's always the simplest stuff too um like even uh with a rig well you saw us play with the legion i don't know if you noticed we uh we don't run any cabs or any amps. We're just going to have the a rack. I don't know if you would have noticed that. No, I was more or less paying attention to you guys. And, and I like watching the audience because it's, it, it's really cool to see how engaged they are. And when people are like singing the words to the song, it, it's really cool. I don't know. I guess yeah. I'm a people watcher. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think I usually pay attention to the gear. I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense. You're a musician, so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we have this rack and uh, basically bass, guitars, and uh, backing tracks and drums and everything runs through it. And our in-ears as well, so a click track and everything runs through there. And uh, there was a knob on the front, just a volume knob. And I mean, there's a thousand knobs on the front of that thing. <laughs> and uh, I don't know when, but it got turned all the way down. And I don't know why either. Um but and our in-ears, they wouldn't play the click anymore. Oh, no. And I was like, we were in practice. Like, what's happening? Like, there's no click. Can't hear it. No idea why. Thought something broke. Maybe I went in and, like, gutted it out and, you know, checking through all the cables. Like, which cable's broken? Like, nothing. Did, like, firmware updates. I think it was three weeks that we were without a click. And then I pretty much gave up on it. And the one day... I just was fiddling with knobs and as I just moved that one or click just came back on and it's like, Oh my God, somebody <laughs> just turned his knob down. <laughs> but now I know. <laughs> it's like sometimes with computers, all you need to do is restart it. It's the simplest thing. Sometimes oh, it's yeah. the biggest problems. Yeah. And it was just, it's right there. That knob the whole time it was right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a dick. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine the most time-consuming thing uh, of producing live videos is not only, obviously, to create and clip the videos, but to match them up with the song after the fact. Uh, it's not too hard for us, just because we have we always play live and we practice to a click track like with mm -hmm. our in-ears. So that way, it's pretty easy to time everything because everybody is on the click, right? So everything is pretty lined up anyways. Mm. So that, that way, it's not too bad. And, uh, like usually we do full takes of a song too. So really like when you watch the video, it probably looks like I have a thousand takes, right? Cause they kind of just jump back and forth, but really it's yeah. only like six. Each frame is so fast too. And I think that's, I mean, obviously that's on purpose. I can't think yeah. of too many music videos that are one shot or have like 20 second frames. Um, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some, if you look, but yeah, no, especially with this one, we just did, um, for the new single uh well you've watched it it's uh mm -hmm. it's pretty hectic yeah like it it's, just it is chaotic but i like it yeah it's just kind of funny because it kind of comes back to me not really knowing 100 percent what i'm doing when it comes to videos where um we planned this whole set i, I we didn't really build a set but we just kind of set up a bunch of stuff for it and it was supposed to be more like uh chrome and silver and white mm -hmm. looking that was supposed to be the color scheme because every like all the chains in it were 
silver and like all the walls were lined up with um, chrome paper and everything was just super reflective and we just kind of went for like that bright white kind of bluish color scheme and just ended up being red just the way the lighting worked it's like when i was editing it i'm like well it doesn't really look that good if i go like with the original idea but as soon as you know you kind of corrected towards like red and orange and that amber mm-hmm. it's just like it looked much better so it's like well i guess this is what we're getting this this is it <laughs> well, i mean it's a good reflection of what you said or, or what we talked about earlier is how you're the most evil thing it definitely it, yeah it definitely it screams worked. evil yeah you know it worked for sure and uh we didn't even really plan for him to look that evil. It was kind of weird. Like Colin ended up just looking terrifying in the video. <laughs> even when we were editing it, just like looking at the, at the stills, just every time we'd pause it, it's like, man, what's going <laughs> <insane>. on? <laughs> what, what did we do? When I first started watching it and the chains came on, the first thing I thought of was Hellraiser. Yeah. Yeah. Was that intentional? Uh, no. I mean, I did just recently watch a few of them again, but uh, no, I mean, maybe it was subconscious. Yeah, it turned out well either way. Yeah, no, I think, honestly, it all kind of just comes from, it's always, number one, it's always like, it's got to be evil. It's got to be, something about it has to be evil. <laughs> has to be a little <laughs> bit scary, but it's also, it has to be cheap because we don't really have a big budget mm-hmm. and it has to be something we can shoot in our small jam space because, I mean, where are we going to shoot in our apartments? <laughs> it doesn't even look that small. Like, no, it, it does like a way bigger space. Yeah, no, it's it's weird, but yeah, we shot it. I think the the corner that we shot it in was probably, I don't know, like six feet by six feet. That's it, hey? It's basically, yeah, it's like a big shower. <laughs> that is a big shower. That'd be sick. But yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, we just kind of make it work. You mentioned using Adobe for the visualizer videos. Is mm-hmm. Do you use the same software for the live videos as well? Um, for the visualizers, I use After Effects only mm-hmm. just because uh, After Effects is really easy to work with uh, stuff that is not footage, more with like images and, you know, uh, special effects and like the audio spectrums and stuff like that. Um, but for the music videos, I use like, I guess the live videos, I use Premiere Pro. But okay. they, they kind of, since they're both Adobe, they, there's a way you can kind of work together with them, if that makes sense. So you can have something in Premiere Pro open while you're editing it. And then at the same time, you can kind of, like you right click on something and you can send it to After Effects and you can edit it there to do like, if you want to do like a blur or a shake or something. And then you can send it back to Premiere Pro edited from after effects without really having to do anything and you can do it for like each individual take so it's pretty much married up just the same way like all apple products are kind of yeah it's i don't know it's pretty uh, pretty intricate once you uh once you get to know it you can i don't know you can do anything with these things yeah it seems like it's becoming quite a bit more seamless when you can do that instead of having to i, I don't know what it looked like in the past but I can yeah. imagine being a lot more laborsome. Well, I only really figured this out a couple of videos ago. I was always doing, uh, I would do like a first pass on After Effects and do all my blurs and stuff. And then it would send it over or export and then take that clip of the whole video and then clip it again for Premiere Pro and then re-edit everything. And then once I figured out that you could do it at the same time, it's like, oh my God, I've been spending hours for no reason. <laughs> So how much time would you say that you save now after learning this new trick? Oh, well, it's not even that just that new trick. It's just like just getting better at lighting and shooting and editing and everything. I think I've probably the first video I did, it probably took me, I think with shooting and editing like three weeks or something, not working every day on it or anything, but it took me a while. But then uh, this new one, probably, I think we shot it in a day and I edited it in a day and a half. That's a huge improvement. Oh, it's massive. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know, everything's just much faster now and I kind of just 
just default to things now instead of having to figure it out and go on YouTube and what the hell am I doing? <laughs> so now after having time to practice and perform with your essentially new band, as well as getting way better at doing the music videos, and now you've released a new single, what's next for the world of which? Um, we've got some songs um, written. Um, other than that, uh, I think we're just trying to book more shows. We're trying to play a little bit more and, you know, do some out of town shows and just keep releasing music. But yeah, other than that, I mean, we don't really have any, any plans really. Do you guys currently have any shows booked? No. I think we're kind of working on stuff and trying to get something going, but so far, nothing, nothing coming up. I think everyone, like since, uh, sorry, since uh, like all these concerts are coming back from COVID, um, everything's booked. Like every venue, you know, you email somebody and you're like, hey, what's your next Saturday? And they're like, oh, I don't know, try again in three months. <laughs> It's like that well, sucks. How am I supposed to plan this? <laughs> yeah, so no we're doubt. just yeah, we're just kind of seeing what's out there and seeing who's got a date booked somewhere that needs a band or you know. Well, and you've also got shows under your belt. Like I said, you have the music videos that are out with the new singles, so I, I'm sure that you're going to be invited to new shows as well or to more shows. Yeah, that's that's the idea. Get out there. <laughs> Is the dog just messing around? Uh oh no. I'm just saying, I'm trying oh, to get out there. You're telling more. Me yeah. Oh, no, no. He's, I don't even know what he's doing. If my dog was down here, he would have knocked over the mic and probably unplugged the computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has way too much energy. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him, but. Yeah, no, my dog just, it's every time I'm doing something. <laughs> like, he'll just be laying there all day. And then as soon as you start doing something, he starts digging under the couch or <laughs> walking around and squeaking his toys. Or you start a movie and he just starts fucking around. This doesn't really bother me too much, but my dog always brings me a pair of my clean socks and just holds it in her mouth. She's like, hey, look oh. at this. I'm like, where did you get that? <laughs> yeah. How did you get that? <laughs> I think she somehow opens my drawer, but anyways, that's a completely <laughs> different... Yeah. They're both special in their own way, but I love them to death. <laughs> Jorge, man, it was, it was great to chat with you again. Thank you so much for joining me. And I really hope you guys have another show or two this year in Calgary because I'd love to see you guys play again. I think we will. I'm, we're trying. We're definitely trying. <laughs> Keep me posted. If I end up missing the notification through your social media or something like that, I'd, I'd love to hear from you because I will definitely make it. For sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I'll send you a message. Awesome, man. But uh, thank you. Thanks for uh, having me again and thank you for helping us hype up the release. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.